You are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. With yet another fantastic, fun, and exciting episode. Oh, I thought you were going to think of more F words. I couldn't. Fucking fabulous. Fucking fabulous. Fabulous <laughs> is my new favorite word. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be also fabulous <laughs> for the rest of the week because tomorrow. Phenomenal is a PH, I believe. Is it? I think so. But. Mm. Oh, sounds like enough, though. We will count it. All right. I mean, we were just talking about rhyming words, things that cough through. What oh. else you got? <laughs> well, you had that whole list of words that didn't rhyme, but then like watermelon and peaches. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. And I wanted to hear you struggle <laughs> through that whole thing. I don't remember what the words are. Either. I was on the struggle bus and you didn't help me park it. I actually couldn't. I couldn't remember what the words were, but I was watching you struggle to find them. And I'm pretty sure that was another... Uh, Epstein didn't kill himself meme at the end, wasn't it? Could have been. <laughs> Pretty sure it was. <laughs> I think anything that you look at is one of those memes right now. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely in love with them. I only if you tagged find you them. in like two today. Yes. Please bring them to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries group on Facebook and share, share, share. I absolutely die every time I legitimately fall for one. But even if I can kind of tell it's going to be one, I still love them. I'm actually debating... If it, it might be too soon, but maybe breaking this whole thing down at some point for an episode. Oh, uh, Epstein? Yeah. Because holy crap, I had no idea all the craziness that came before the craziness. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be difficult to cover that topic without going political, which we're trying very hard not to do. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why I haven't covered it yet. Yeah. All right. Good story. So what amazing, fabulous, fun, pre-topic topics do you have for us? Mm. I know you had some pretty fun stuff you were excited about. I do. Um, for one... That's what you said when we got married. Oh, it is. Actually, I didn't say I do. Oh, no, we're not legally married. I said... Oh, God. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, that was the part that I was supposed to say I do. And I think I said, I will. Oh, yeah. The marriage is no longer valid. No. We have to. We have to do it again. <laughs> That's like written in it the was, code. You have to say I do. It was like a moment that I have held on to for so long because I was up there and Don Thomas was awesome. He married us. And as he was reading, you know, do you promise to do this, this and this? And he's going through everything. And then I was like, I will. And then uh, afterwards, I was like, huh, I said I will, not I do. Good job. Barbara. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't catch it though, so. Nope. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but besides that, I am happy to have a voice again. Yeah, she's been... Uh, Two weeks, man. She goes from like no voice to sounding like Tara Reed, which is so smoking hot. And then like kind of a 
pubescent boy who smokes a pack a day? Nah, I don't, I don't hear that. But then she just loses her voice completely, and then it comes back. It's a, it's a weird uh, <laughs> up and down. Little case of laryngitis, little case of bronchitis. Hey, you know what? It's winter. This is why this episode is coming just a tad bit late. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I still get it out tonight, as in like by midnight-ish, maybe. Otherwise, it's coming out tomorrow, because I just can't. And I will say, guys, I'm sorry. I was dying. But I didn't, so we're That's good. good. That's, that's very good. That's true. <laughs> Haven't done one of those in a while. Um, so that's true. That's true. Uh, the egg challenge was awesome. And thank you for everyone on Team Allie. And thank you for everyone on Team Brandon. But technically, Team Brandon did win. No, I was just nice. Team Allie won. You no, Team Brandon anybody. totally won. Whoever gets people... to 200 first. Yeah, and I hit 200 first. But you, you were just... only watching yours. I no, was going to watch both of them. I had people watching both of it. I was watching they both all of them. Commented. Plus, I screenshot it as close as I could because it went from like 198 mm. to 213 mm. or something crazy. Mm. I screenshot it. I was ahead over 200 before you got there. It's like we we won, but well, I was a good sport. Either way. So team Brandon all the way. It was a good time. It was and absolutely hilarious. I didn't even mind getting egged, but I did. <laughs> I was a little insulted that it was while I was calling her beautiful and coming in for a kiss. And, <laughs> and she took advantage of that moment while I was changing the <laughs> you were doing me a favor flipping actually. the uh what the heck is it called the, the search fuse there, box. Fuse box. i was flipping <laughs> the fuse box for her and she took advantage of me twice in a row uh hold on while i was washing the egg out of my hair and blow drying it i blew the fuse so right but i was kind and went and did this loving favor for you yeah well you're so sweet. I love you. I love you, too. I was actually sad that uh, Elizabeth stopped recording before I actually gave you the kiss and ended up with the egg and flour on my own face. Yeah, she really dropped the ball on the recording side of things. <laughs> she was like, 10-second video. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I had perfect timing for that fuse to blow because I really was trying to figure out the best way to get you back after you interrupted my Mario Kart game. She actually did pretty good because I was expecting it to come much, much later. I thought she wanted to catch me off guard, so I thought it was too soon, and, and that I actually did. is what got me off guard. <laughs> I was like not at all expecting her to do it that quickly. When my blow dryer went off, shut off, I was like, boo, ha, ha, ha. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everybody team Ellie. another update in my life thunder and lightning have struck again oh lord another pair of pants have bite the dust it was no bueno it means i have to go pants shopping yeah she's not good at pants shopping i fucking hate shopping for clothes i pick out most of her clothes because she'll <laughs> go through a rack and be like there's nothing there there's nothing in the whole store I'll find one outfit, like send her in the changing room. And just throw shit at me over the door. <laughs> yeah. While and she's in there, it's just outfit after outfit. She ends up loving them all. If, if it's on a hanger, I, I'm like, no, nope, that's horrible. That's horrible. Mm-mm. So yeah. it's easy for me. I'm just like, what do I want to see her butt and boobs in? Oh, my goodness. Before I take them off later. Oh, wow. Well, at least you like what you see. I do. Uh, all right. Do you have any pre-topics? Because my pre-topics will... Yeah, absolutely. I, I do have one that I was pretty excited to stumble upon while I was doing my other research. I recently brought to you guys, I think it was called BioQuark, where they're talking about bringing people back to life 
which I am very, very excited to follow. Mm, yes, you did talk about that. And uh, zombies. Yep. Well. Did the they make a zombie? Researchers, aka scientists at Yale University, are reviving brain cells in clinically dead pigs. I would like to point out that, that these pig brains were removed from the pigs oh no. at the time they were bringing the <laughs> partially uh, bringing them partially back to life <laughs> what like uh, it, it's one thing to be absolutely like traumatized at the fact that you've just been resuscitated from the dead like it in in theory oh, i don't know if you guys remember my whole yeah, topic no, i was no, doing no. before with like no sense of touch no sense of smell no sight nothing like Which is these pigs brain yeah, <laughs> just a brain in a vat that vat being a scientific no. lab but okay, so here's the thing: they only partially revived the pig brains. Here's what's crazy about this: is like on one hand, it's like, oh, well, they can't really bring them back to life. But that's not the case. The reason they didn't bring them back fully was by design. They actually are using a, a chemical called Brain X that they're injecting into the brains to like re-stimulate the, the cell growth and whatnot. However, they included in Brain X formula something that would stop the synapses from firing getting the neural networks like fully back on board so some like a beta blocker of some sort i yeah way above my pay grade or intelligence i don't know exactly what <laughs> chemicals they're using or how they're doing it all i'm saying is they could have brought them fully back to life according to their theory outside of the pig's bodies they chose not to but they were prepared to abort by like injecting kill stuff into the brain if they accidentally started firing despite their attempts to prevent them from firing which i mean ultimately like this research in theory if it works the way they think it does and so far so good they could legitimately bring a brain back to life and for real have a brain in a vat we don't know like to what level of consciousness pigs have to begin with but if they're anywhere near dreaming like i think they are i've seen them like interact with other pigs yeah that that's crazy that would be so frightening like just conscious and nothing ah yes which means you could do it to a human and if you did it to a human you no, would literally have my whole it. was it the first topic i did or was that like second that was, or third? no it was further because your first one uh put everybody through a trip that does the mandela effect yeah that was the mandela effect yeah then i started doing the stuff on the uh you know nothingness and all that if you haven't listened to nothingness go back and listen to it and then come to this realization that we have reached a point in science where they're theoretically at least capable of attempting this or essentially achieving this based on the success of their experiments they did that that's nuts so they have that and i just so happened to read of a topic that might make your terrifying zombie thing go to the wayside because right now you found a zombie killer no but i (laughs) did find that there is a experiment going on with blood transfusions where they're putting young blood into older people to sharpen mind, body, and basically reverse the aging so people don't die. And So what's this have to do with zombies? I'm not following yet. You won't have to be revived. Like, they won't have to bring you back if we don't have to age and die. I mean, I suppose if you get, like, hit Oh, you're talking... You're not talking about, like, zombies. You're talking about, like, coming back to life if you don't die. If you don't have to die because you don't get older... 
but it was crazy because there's... I don't think you understand the complexity that is the zombie apocalypse. There are so many different ways that oh, you could potentially become a zombie. Excuse Death me? and age You're is not like even a to small the percent. wrong person. If I you're don't know. I don't understand I, the complexities. Based I'm on what saying, you're saying right now, I'm not entirely no, convinced I'm that you truly that you, understand or appreciate the complexities that are might be pushed the apocalypse. <laughs> There's no wayside at all. That doesn't eliminate the fact of viruses or the no, supernatural. No, no. I'm not saying that zombies won't happen. Then what saying, do you mean? I'm saying that they might just push that study to the wayside because That's people not are going to study. What? That was, testing like, and pig brains that wasn't study. the study though but that wasn't the zombie thing that just was a pre-topic that happened to coincide right. slightly with the zombie you said it would put aside or put to the wayside zombies no i was saying your study th- that you were talking about would be put well, yeah to but the you wayside can die in other ways then i realized that maybe i wouldn't do that because yeah that's a weak sauce weak sauce i'm gonna cut you that's gonna be interesting to edit and listen to <laughs> just, <laughs> i think that might be a first all in that we like legitimately just talked at the same time <laughs> over each other just for that keep it in there because you know what that's us yeah no that was fun uh let's see people's Ooh. heads are gonna spin while listening to that one <laughs> you're welcome so back to pre-topics i know we have a kind of a long pre-topic thing but i did make a shorter topic because i knew already that i had a couple long pre-topics to cover oh good because my topic's nice and long Oh, good. Well, I, like, you know, whatever. It all works out. That didn't work out at all. Shh. All right. So I have two true crime things, updates, if you will, that I wanted to bring up. Lover, I don't know if you heard about this one, but... I don't know what it is yet. What is it? A body was found at Starved Rock State Park on November 2nd. Nope. And man, I really got to start watching the news again. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it was big enough to hit the news, honestly. I mean, um, at least our local news, I'm pretty sure that would be on Well, it. yeah. I don't watch anything live. Like, I acquire my TV through uh, <laughs> alternative <laughs> means and <laughs> I cough, cough, listen cough, cough. to YouTube. Most, I guess maybe YouTube could YouTube enter. YouTube is yeah. pretty... But, yeah, I don't listen to anything like live TV, live radio. I listen to like XM radio occasionally, but yeah. Well, this this man was found in the Illinois River, and it kind of seems like it was on the, the bank of the river because if it was in the water, it wouldn't be a muddy scene that they really couldn't figure out in uh, like the way that it was described in the article. However, they did identify the man. Was he murdered? Well, 37-year-old Michael J. Warmerden, Warmer Dam, I'm sorry, with the M. He was found by a kayaker going down the Illinois River, and the kayaker called for help. The police came. They took him the coroner's office and after they identified him they're not releasing any details because it is an active case Ooh, that sounds like murder and i'm definitely sorry this guy died like that's horrible no yeah it's but the interesting side of it you know like there is murder afoot but they have not uh released any information and the investigation is still active and they are looking for details if anybody knows anything and if anybody has any information, they do have a hotline, 1-815-224-1171, and it's extension 139. So if anybody lives over there or knows any information and you can help, go ahead and call them because 
She's um, laughing at our dog, not the... Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. My dog was just, for some reason... Making... <laughs> you probably are going to pick up some of those noises. He was... Uh, he was like... <laughs> I don't even know. He He's a beagle and he makes no howling noises, but definitely some interesting sounds. My very last pre-topic topic is an update on the 39 deceased people in... The I was hoping unit. you would do an update on this one. Yes. Did you look into it I at all? I haven't. I've been waiting for you. Holy cow. I looked into it and I was just mortified. It was a shipping container that had 39 deceased Vietnamese ages ranging from 15 years old to 44 years old. 31 men, 8 women, and 10 of these were teenagers. Wow. The victims were from areas in Vietnam, and I apologize, I can't say the the names of the town because I don't know how to say Ha Tien, you know, and... Yeah, you have to cut out a portion like, of your tongue to properly I, enunciate these different I towns. wish I could speak these languages. We will post it on our Facebook I, yeah, page so I you guys can take a look it, at that. But it was just absolutely horrific. Uh, apparently, they were all paying to be smuggled from... Vietnam to England and had paid for the people to take them there. Oh, so these guys, they were voluntarily in the truck. Yes. While being voluntarily in the truck to make it to England, what they didn't anticipate was the fact that they were being put in an airtight, refrigerated shipping container. Why did they use a refrigerated container? <laughs> like that, What? <laughs> Yeah, it was... Can't you turn that off? And the airtight part was probably bad, too. The airtight, yes. And, you know, it's obviously it's still under investigation. For all I know, they were just taking the people's money, throwing them in a shipping container and letting them die. Um, I mean, I slightly doubt that was the case. I also doubt that because, you know... That word gets around and they're not trusted for their next, like... Yes. Uh, so somebody... somebody Especially since it made national news, yeah, they're going to be a little skeptical. But was really, somebody really messed up. Sadly, one of the men, Nugayan Din Tu, is the best I could pronounce it. Uh, he was a father of two. Oh, and oh. his friend had lent him $30,000 to take this voyage and he left saying that once he got to england he would be able to make two thousand six hundred dollars a month in a nail salon so it was totally worth it to him so he could send money back home he'd be able to pay his friend off rather quickly sadly he didn't make it across them yeah i did find one absolutely heart-wrenching text message that was sent from a 26 year old woman who was in the container and she texted her mother and said, I'm sorry, Mom. My journey abroad has not succeeded. Mom, I love you so much. I'm dying because we can't breathe. Oh, man. Yeah. They couldn't even get, like, bang on the walls to get attention or anything? They were just in the back of a thing going down the road. Like, it was wow. <laughs> horrible. Um, well, that is so sad. The man driving the truck, Emmond Harrison, yes, Harrison, he was 22 years old. He is now charged with 39 counts of manslaughter, one count of conspiracy to traffic people, and one count of money laundering. So 41 counts against him. Um, He's from Ireland. And um, right now, 
He is in the middle of an extradition. Extradition? Is that it? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Where they're basically, he's in Ireland. He's being extradited. Yes. (laughs) But they have to go through the courts. Yeah. So they already went to court once and he asked for an extension and then the court was like, you can have to the 21st. And they were like, but he doesn't have a lot of money. And the judge was like, the 21st. That's it. So they're trying to get him back to England to be held accountable, basically. And uh, when they looked into it, it appears this is a global ring of human trafficking. And they made several arrests and two warrants are still out for Ronan and Christopher Hughes of Northern Ireland. They are still wanted. The police are urging them to turn themselves in. I don't think they're gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna make no. a guess there that at this point they're facing life and then some. Oh, so. and I do want to make a quick edit here. The Emmerman Harrison was not the driver. He was the one who arranged the pickup and arranged everything. That's why he's being extradited from Ireland. Mo Robinson, 25 year old from Ireland, he was the driver. It was quite confusing when I was reading the articles because so much is going on and so many people are so who's getting the 42 counts both of them and a husband and wife who are from ireland as well and two people from vietnam are also being charged with all of these um, because they all took acts gathering people transporting people arranging everything i'm gonna jump right into my topic and this week What I decided to do was we were going to do possibly mini episodes on an oubliette of oddities. And I was like, my pre-topics are kind of serious. And you know what? I don't feel like doing a true crime this week. So I decided to bring you down to my oubliette where I keep my oddities. All right. I'm excited (laughs) to hear you know, there there's a rumor out there that says that there's beaver butt in blue raspberry food. I believe I've heard this once or twice. Yeah, me too. And I always like tease everybody about it. I'm like, you know that blue raspberry sucker has, has beaver butt in it. And uh, I decided to check it out. And I want to know what actually had beaver butt in it. So this is a true thing? Yeah, well, they totally use it to flavor stuff i've always been skeptical well i will take you through and i will basically break down how we've used it what's going on with it but you know what by the end of it you'll know if you've ever eaten it or not i'm sure most of us have (laughs) if you haven't heard this you've been locked in a closet your whole life because i think all of us have heard it one or two times the beaver butt is actually an a secretion I really hope you figured out whoever the first guy was that was like, you know I what? Did, that I did, beaver butt looks rather tasty. <laughs> I did I look into this I'll very deeply because I wanted to know deeply who was like, see that beaver over there? If I like its butt, you think it would taste good? And uh, <laughs> would it taste like blueberries without processing? Or no, okay, <laughs> it does not. <laughs> But so, how did they figure this out? Okay. 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 So that was one of my questions. Who looked the first beaver's butt? And I also know I wanted to know how many of us have eaten beaver's butt 
and just didn't know it. And this is what I found. Beaver's butt is actually called Castorium. And sadly... Wait, like a beaver's butt is called a no. castorium or <laughs> the, the chemical they derive the, from what, me? What I am referring to, that where they get this, is the oil that they use is castorium. They've been using it for so long that actually... There's How long? No record as to who the first person who figured no! this shit out. No, what? No, Pun because... intended. Figured this shit out. <laughs> what? How? Like you're telling me they figured this out before modern science? Oh yes, long before. It's actually. Not... I am convinced somebody looked the beaver's butt. Then I am convinced. All right, all right, possibly. However. Before I get too deep into this, I want to clarify that it (laughs) castorium comes from the sack that's about an inch away from the beaver's butthole. His balls? It (laughs) It comes from his balls? It's a thick, um, it's like a... It's funny you say that because they called them beaver testicles for a long time until they figured out that they weren't testicles and that all beavers had this. So they have an extra sack of blueberries in there. It doesn't smell like blueberries, I promise you. <laughs> it's so weird that we use it for that, though. But what it is is a gland that's right at the base of their tail, and it secretes this yellow... Do they not have testicles? Murky, like, no, is this no, in, in place? This so is, they have no. testicles and a blueberry yes, sack. But back in... Back, 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 way far back, they didn't... They just didn't know. What they didn't know what testicles were. Well, I feel did. like if they were capable That's of deriving why... a chemical and turning it into a blueberry <laughs> flavor additive, they didn't. They knew what a ball sack a fl- was. They didn't use it as a flavor additive back then. I'm gonna get to that. Okay? Oh my god, I right have so now, many questions. <laughs> hopefully, I'll get to them all. And if I don't, let me know. Right now, we're just talking about where it comes from. Blueberry balls. <laughs> It is a yellow or gray, thick molasses, sticky-like substance, and it... You're sure this didn't come from the ball sack? Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) It's a gland. It sounds like Um, something else so far. And what it releases is a super pungent smell, and beavers use this to identify each other and mark their territories. I bet they do. And they waterproof themselves with it. They rub it all over their bodies and it makes them waterproof because it's so thick and waxy and sticky. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought Is it like, salty? I thought you'd like this topic. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> you said that so seriously. No, it's no, not salty. No, not salty. Um, because this shit is serious, okay? Pun intended. Yes. So if we go back to Roman times, this is when we start seeing Roman it. Roman times? Yes, when we start, because I kind of see it in use. And um, with its strong uh, odor, what they would do was they'd take the oil and they'd put it in their lanterns and they'd breathe it in deeply to cause an abortion. What? But what? But no, wait, wait, wait. Jokes on them. It didn't do this. However, it's a aphrodisiac. I was just going to say is it an aphrodisiac? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what yes. the heck? It's like smelling it is an aphrodisiac? Yes. Like oh, and it smells like, to, oh, did you describe God, this? Not yet. I have not. Now, its odor can be described as putrid. Um, we should eat it. <laughs> leathery, smoky. Sounds like a good cigar. It, it's just, <laughs> actually, 
at some point in time, it was people debated putting it into cigarettes to increase the aroma. Of to give putridness? It, no, they, they're just <laughs> harnessing certain notes of it to give that flavor and smoky, leathery, tannin. All right. Yeah. yeah. And a good cigar. That's what you need. Well, in the 12th century. So, Do you have to kill the beaver to get this out? Well, no. However. <laughs> You probably should have. We traded a lot of pelts throughout history. Uh And beaver pelts meant there was a lot of spare parts. And so it was very common for the castorium to be also traded as a high price uh, item. Like almost as much as what the pelt would be worth. Oh my goodness. Well, this is... Wow. That was Roman times. Now, moving forward, or in the 12th century, it was used as a cure-all. So... They call it, this is when they refer to them as beaver testicles. And when you look at them dried out of the body, how they would get them, they did look like testicles because it's uh, like two dingly things attached, you know. And <laughs> the like, thing is, beavers have four testicles. <laughs> These ones smell horrible. <laughs> and a little woody. We should put them over a fire and dry them until they're completely dried then grind them into a powder and then add them to wine because they'll get rid of your headache or reduce your fever like did they just start making up things they thought this could potentially do to try to sell them it sounds like just a bs sales pitch well actually (laughs) you would think so but this was fucking genius because castorium its highest content is salic acid and That's the main ingredient in aspirin. So, like, somebody was just like, I'm going to try this. And then they were like, hmm, I had a headache. And now I don't (laughs) have a headache. It could be the wine. It could be the... I was pregnant. And now I'm not. Well, that one (laughs) didn't work. Right. Well, then why did they think it worked? I don't know. Like, that's what I don't know. Like, do you think they would have tried that once and been like, nope. All right. Next. I mean, there were doctors that were like, in when we first came to this country in pilgrim times... There was a doctor who used to say that if you tied turkey testicles to your forehead, it could cure polio or something. Like, people just listen to this shit and like, cool, you know? But that one's pretty like, yeah, my baby came out and it was alive. I don't think that works. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's not like it's in your head. Like, if your headache goes away... It's like, you know, oh, well, maybe it was part placebo. I, maybe. I really don't know how the Romans thought that because I guess work. maybe they did have a high mortality rate for babies to begin with. So if they died, they were like, yep, that's because you sniffed this. I suppose. I, I don't died. know. Like, that's crazy to me. But yeah. Sorry, um, well, it gets better. OK, the Swedes took this up a notch. I wish you could see the gesture I'm making because this is this is. Nuts. Hands are in the air. This is nuts. They make beaver snaps. Like schnapps? Yes, but it's like kind of like beaver, but with a bunch of squiggly so like things on it. Beaver schnapps? It actually translates to beaver. Yeah! <laughs> um, when I looked up, I was like, translation of this word. And it's a holiday must. You got to have it on your holiday table. But you got to start about. Mm, four months ahead of time to prepare for the holiday season. You really want that putridness to settle in. Yes. Okay, so what they do is they take a bottle of brandy or vodka, anything 80 proof or higher, and they get a um, the full 
sack dehydrated of the um one full sack of beaver testicle coming right up it's not testicle castorium (laughs) and they put it into the alcohol now they have to let it soak for a month at least four months is preferable oh yeah now once they've done this they add it to schnapps and it is schnapps (laughs) but no they start with the high alcohol and then they have the schnapps at the Christmas. So or does the it holidays. taste like blueberries? And then they pour a little bit into the schnapps, the whole bottle. They put a little bit uh-huh. of this essence into the schnapps. <laughs> After you drink the shit that is said to like taste like the devil and oh, burn good. like hell or something along those lines. How I want my booze to taste <laughs> like Satan. You will actually. You will smell like Castorium for up to a week. Like just like just through your pores. Standing next to somebody, <laughs> they can smell you. Okay. This is a holiday must. This is, it's a holiday must. If you were to drink a small amount of the straight uh, essence that you have made with the the castorium just sitting in there floating around a minimum of two weeks where people will be able to just whoa you stank (laughs) bro and this is a holiday must in sweden like this is nuts i'm like and i well hold on what is it tastes horrible yes why doesn't it taste like blueberries oh because that's not how it's been processed apparently i I, like this is just blowing my mind keep going keep going i gotta hear this like what the so as we move further and we further. We have so many uses for beaver, not testicle, but castorium. Yes. Now, modern ter- uh, modern time, we uh, harnessed it as a food additive. And the FDA said that it is a safe to consume product. It cannot hurt you as a topical or as ingested. And what they did was they, they used it to flavor things like vanilla ice cream, strawberry ice cream, strawberry candy strawberry and raspberry anything and brownies vanilla vanilla yes it doesn't taste like raspberries (laughs) it has lots of flavor dynamics which is crazy because the same castorium can be used to make vanilla and fake blueberry yes i don't understand me either Uh, even after reading it and they would go into these like scientifical breakdown and how they separate the notes and blah, blah 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 i was still like Huh. So around, uh, but you have such a scientifical mind. Uh, <laughs> I think the word scientific. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I like scientifical. <laughs> the price of castorium really went up because beavers were actually being driven to the point of extinction because we were using their pelts for so many things and we were just hunting them for it and the cost of because those assholes keep messing up our rivers uh, (laughs) (laughs) well um the cost of it it went up pretty pretty quickly and from 1900 to the 1980s we still use this flavor in the you know brownies ice cream strawberry ice cream all of these random things that we were flavoring but then around the early 80s we started finding cheaper ways to flavor vanilla ice cream like vanilla vanilla bean. <laughs> <laughs> wow weird and uh, we started using uh actual 
fruit flavorings and artificial fruit flavorings that weren't from a beaver's now i still what what about the fake blueberry they use in suckers there is no natural way to make that flavor (laughs) it is not naturally made it is all chemically made however um after something tells me that the beaver castorium was actually safer than whatever they're using today for sure 100 percent for sure. Might Except, be slightly I mean, more not, disgusting, but probably better than the chemicals that we're consuming today. And not safer for the beavers, because milking it out of a beaver is a very hard process, and it gets stuck to the hands that are milking it. I actually uh, watched a video and read a bunch of interviews about people who milk beavers. How come beavers don't smell horrible? I mean, they're pungently smelling, apparently. I've been near many beavers over the years. I mean, like, it's not like a skunk that you smell, like, no. forever. But no. uh. Late 80s, they decided that they would pretty much stop using it in most mass-made foods because it was just not financially cost-effective. Yeah, cost if you're basically a, a young millennial, you probably haven't eaten beavers, but... Oh, you poor things. But all of us born before that. Technically, I'm a millennial, but I'm just at that cusp. I'm at the cusp. You're definitely. I don't think so. I think 86 is uh, right at that cusp. You let us know, listeners. Samsonites. Let me know. 86. 86, yo. I'm still. Definitely a millennial. Hey, cool. I'm just not a millennial millennial. I wish I was because I'd be a lot more tech savvy. But. That's uh, true. (laughs) Anyways. After you listen to all of this and you want to make yourself some beaver schnapps for your holidays or you just want to find uh, yourself some uh, beaver butt online, they do have it on Etsy or oh, thank eBay. goodness. Even though it is rarely used, it's not actually over the top expensive, but I mean, for like... I want to have me some Castorium <laughs> vodka for the holidays. I actually was debating getting some so we could make it and then have it as a spirit for our show. And Nothing get our like actual- making all of our guests smell <laughs> horrible for a while. <laughs> no, for us. For a oh, good. Night, we could go live and drink some beaver butt. <laughs> yeah. Because like right now, my spirit of the night is a Moscow mule. But what if I had a beaver butt Moscow mule? Maybe we'll do like if we get to oh we, five thousand. Don't uh, give them that option. I don't want to stink for a week. We'll do five thousand members on a Facebook page. We get to five thousand people. We'll do <gasps> some story. Oh fuck you! They gotta they gotta help us uh, attract new people to our page, and we'll do it. <laughs> now I will say one last thing about this. If you think that you are safe from eating beavers but you may be wearing it right now what because they use it in perfume but it smells horrible i am so confused (laughs) they are using it because (laughs) it has a leathery smoky fruity and vanilla e wasn't one of the words you used like no it wasn't even was it putrid putrid Putrid. (laughs) that's that's what i want in my cologne all right if you have ever worn Coco Lorenz Chanel Cure de Rousse, I think is how you say it. Cure de Rousse. Or Lancome's uh, Cartier Givenchy 3. 
Way to call all these poor people up for Shut. putting beaver uh, custodium <laughs> in there. Hey, if you're um, cruelty-free, don't buy these perfumes. It's not cruel. They, no. It's a slight milking no, process they don't that get makes it you from sticky. a milking farm. <laughs> they just get the extracted. You never know. All right. I you don't can't know. just assume that. Uh, let's see. Some of those perfumes may say they're cruelty-free, so you got to be careful. Okay. Um... But I mean, they might enjoy the these. process of uh, extruding castorium from their sack. Sack. <laughs> uh, but yes, that and Shalimar, which has been out since the 1920s and actually is known for how unique the smell is. And they I think bet. that it has oh, it to do so with... it smells so woody and putrid. <laughs> So I just thought that was kind of funny because if you use these perfumes, you definitely smell putrid, but on your body on the regular. (laughs) So weird. So I hope you enjoyed my oubliette and I hope you'll come back for more. Is that it? That's that's all we have on beaver anus? I mean, did did you have any questions on top of that? So many. (laughs) So many Any questions. legitimate questions. Nope, not right. a one. Uh, well, what did you have to look up today? Have you ever had that one friend that you spend so much time with? It's almost as though you can like read one another's thoughts. Oh, hell yeah. You can finish each other's sentences. Sandwiches? Oh. Sentence. <laughs> uh, you can come up with that identical idea. At the same time, but like when you're not even together and then you come to go tell each other and you're like, oh, I just was going to tell you about that. Oh, or you, you go to call some. Oh! <laughs> Literally what <laughs> I was about to say. You go to call someone and you see that they're actually calling you. Uh, that happens all the time to me. Straight up. I mean, these types of experiences happen quite often. Now, in addition to that, have you ever had a dream that seemingly comes true later in the day, later in the week. Well, you all know that I do that all right. the time about the most insignificant shit. Or you have that like bad feeling in your gut and then all of a sudden you find out that a loved one passed away or something like really bad or horrible just That's happened. the worst. I quite often freaked my family out as a young child because I would come in and just be like, who died? And they'd just be like, Ugh. What? I'm like, no, who died? And you said your grandma has similar experiences like that. Oh, gosh. Grandma, hands down, I don't have any kind of visions in the way that she does. She actually um, worked at a mall and she was on the escalator on break. And as she was going up, all of a sudden she started screaming, somebody catch them and just blood curdling screams. And her friends who were on lunch with her. All were like, what's going on? Like, there's nothing. Well, the mall was under construction. And she was like, a boy just fell off of that, the the ledge right there. And they were like, everything's fine. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, okay, let's go to Panera. (laughs) And a week later, the kids were horsing around and a boy fell off and died that spot. Like, right there. So, like, she's, she's super in tune with that shit. And I've heard of similar experiences from my mom about, you know, having that gut feeling and then somebody close to her having something happen. My sister's had similar experiences. I had a dream when I was really young. And I mean, like 
four or five, a guy came to the door and I knew who the guy was and I knew his name. And then somebody came and knocked on our door and I like come walking down the stairs and I was like, oh, hey, that was so and so. And my mom like freaked out because I had never met that person before, but I just woke up from a dream where I had met that person and knew exactly who it was. And then that's so fast. Yeah. Everybody like explained it away. Like, oh, you, you probably just overheard, you know, the conversation and like, we're coming down the stairs and then like said it or whatever. Everybody's quick to, but my mom knew that I said it before the guy got to the door. Like I said it to her and she knew that it was like ahead of time. But then when the whole thing got played together later, they all just tried to explain it away, which people do. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is these types of experiences, we're telling each other a few. I've had some very, very like in-depth ones later in life. But you all listening probably have had, or at least a large percentage of you, your own personal experiences just like this. You're not alone. According to a survey conducted by YouGov.com, one in three Americans claim to have had some sort of seemingly unexplainable psychic experience of some kind. According to the Medical News Daily, around 1 in 10 claim to have had some sort of -of out-of-body experience, either a near-death experience or during surgery, things like that, where they're actually floating above their body and they're looking down on themselves or they're floating through the hospital and seeing conversations that they shouldn't have been able to observe because they were unconscious. This topic has me too excited because I keep trying to like... Yeah, blah, blah, and say stuff, but you're saying it already. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm so excited right now. Like, I'm just shimmering. That's one in ten. I claim to have had an experience like that. All right, so the reason I covered these topics will make sense to you shortly. The topic today is Project Stargate, which focused primarily on remote viewing and whether or not it could be useful in domestic military intelligence operations. I'm sure most of you guys have heard of remote viewing. It was made popular through a movie called The Men Who Stare at Goats. I never saw that one. Really? It's actually a pretty decent movie. I thought it was about a bunch of men who stared at goats. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly what it is about. That's legitimately, I was like, I'm not watching a movie about men. We're going to watch that movie because now that you know, like, well, especially once you hear about this topic, you're going to be a little bit more interested in it. But uh, I am very interested in remote viewing and looked into it in the past, but had no idea like that had anything to do with the movie. Their title totally did not make sense. (laughs) It will make sense to you once you watch the movie. I won't throw any spoilers at you. All right. But... It was also referred to as the Psychic Spy Network. So you, when you hear these terms Ooh, that I'm going to be tossing around gusta. here. This project ran from 1978 to 1995. Oh, pretty like recently. <laughs> Very recently, considering <laughs> like <laughs> what the topic is about. But all right. What really bothers me about researching this particular topic is that everywhere you look, it's constantly stating that Project Stargate was a total bust. They blatantly state that the Psychic Spy Network was never used successfully in a single military operation. This is definitively false, as there is at least one, very specific, which I'm about to cover, operation that launched the funding for Project Stargate to begin with. But according to those involved, there were countless successful military operations, several of which I'm about to go over, so... It always makes me beg the question, why are they so quick to just 
shove this whole thing under the table and be like, oh no, it, it didn't ever work. It had no clout because whatsoever. They want to move forward with it and not let us know that they're doing it. But then it does also beg the question, well, why did they close it to begin with? Because while it was being funded, it was considered to be a top secret mission, like so to speak. Like none of the information would have got out to begin with. So it is very confusing. And I can explain my theory as to why they would have shut it down and then why they tried to recover that by essentially discrediting it. But the reality is the Psychic Spy Network was never the sole unit involved in the success of military missions. But this is a catch-22 because the intelligence department always consults multiple avenues for each mission. They actually cross-reference the data they get from each different department head in solving, like, you know, getting the intelligence they need for whatever mission they happen to be carrying out. I mean, that's pretty scientific, like a double-blind and all this, because if one person has this information and the other person has another, they don't know what each other has, but if they are the same... And and that is exactly how they used it, yeah. Yeah. They they took... The way remote viewing works is also... It, it leads to why they're so skeptical as to whether or not it, it is valid. I, I get why they're skeptical. And I, I, too, was skeptical, so skeptical, in fact, that when I started this topic, I actually threw away the entire topic and I wasn't going to cover it at all because I got so disappointed with everything that I was reading. I was like, oh, it was just a farce. Like, I'm not going to waste my time with this. Oh, yeah, because you were all over the map with this because I didn't know what your topic was, but you were like, I found it. I'm so excited. I know I hate this topic. I got to find a different one. Wait, I love this. Topic. Holy crap. There's so much to look. Well, I don't know about this. I, it, you were all over the place. Well, that was multiple <laughs> topics. You were witnessing me do that, too, because I was jumping around from topic to topic. But I forced through and I started looking into some more information on it. And I was like, you know what? No, I, I mean, there's definitely more to this than they're giving credit to i i would like to point out you know one very small but like decent argument is this went on for 22 years in <laughs> the u.s well i mean they were funding they this project for 22 years it's not like they were just a result to keep funding right it, it, to believe that they were legitimately like just pulling the wool over the government's eyes and when it comes to the u.s government there's always going to be Especially some of the older, like more traditional generals and and people in charge, they're not going to give credit to something like this, even if you were proving it like over and over and over again. You know, I always use the thing like a ghost shows up in the middle of the room and like, I'm a ghost. There's still going to be people that are like, nope, it wasn't a ghost. And they'll never believe it was a ghost no matter what. The FBI and, and there's a TV show. You'll probably know the name of it. We were watching where they were introducing psychology into the FBI um oh um mind something or... yeah no it's mind hunter and mind, it's yeah oh, so good i can't wait for the next season i'm dying me too it is a good show but the reason i referenced it is because it, they're really shining the light on the fact that even though there was a lot of evidence to suggest what they were doing worked there were countless people that were not going to give them credit where credit was due, no matter how successful oh, no. they were. It, that, nothing beats hitting the hard pavement than, you know, following right. up on a crime. And they were trying to get ahead of the crime. But I mean, psychology thought, was just like... They considered it no, like... This is voodoo. They voodoo. <laughs> they, they said it was for the gays because yeah. you know, they weren't very gay-friendly back then. And they like it was just like foo-foo mind 
stupid you know pseudoscience anything to them. that people don't understand or are afraid of and anything that people are afraid of they will find a way to be cruel to so that is my theory as to why it got shut down i'm sure somebody new got in charge was like this is bullcrap no matter what evidence you threw at them they shut down the program which led to the information being released i think that it just changed names Oh, no, it did. That, that is a strong part of the theory. But the point is, why would they change the names and then release the information if they could have just kept it hidden all along? There well, has to be a reason they let the info out. Freedom of Information Act? Right, but we didn't know kind it existed. Of. How do you ask for something you don't know is there? Like, we didn't know Stargate existed Somebody until did. after it no, was shut down. tons of people out there who have been involved in these projects who have come forward and been like, they literally electrocuted me for information, like, to get right, me to do these things. Like, if they did that, they're they're a criminal to the United States of America. That's what Snowden did. And, you know, he got like. Right. But you're, you're missing. The point is the U.S. government never would have shut it down if it was working and they believed it was working. They and, switched the name. But then they're releasing the information out, you know, that like. And saying. Why that switch the name? Because they're like, this is what we got. This is our information. But it turned out that we shut it down because it wasn't working. But really, they're like. <laughs> Right, but they could have skipped that whole part by just not shutting it down to begin with, and then they never would have been able to use the Freedom of Information Act to get it out, because if it's classified, we cannot use the Freedom of Information Act. That's my whole point. I'm trying to come up with a theory as to why they would have shut it down if it was working, or you know, like let the information out to begin with, it wouldn't have made sense. So somebody at some point believed it was not working. My theory is that person was just not going to be convinced no matter what. And, and with this particular topic, it does go back and forth. Like there is a lot of skepticism involved with whether or not what they're doing is as valid as they claim it is with the types of tests that they do to prove it. But I don't care nearly as much about their research side of it. Because I am skeptical of the research. I am skeptical of the the double-blind studies they were doing and the way they were conducting them. And in theory, maybe they could have been tricking those involved above them so they could continue to get funded. The problem is, you. I feel like they would have been looking for that because they're already skeptical to begin with. They don't want to fund them if it's not working. So while they could be trying to trick the people above them, I feel like the people above them would also be actively looking for ways they could be cheating yeah. and trying to shut it down. I don't think it would have lasted 22, 23 years if it was just completely bullcrap. I mean, I feel like somebody could have come in and been like, look, there are highly observant, intuitive people who like recognize things that happen around them or like maybe saw you doing something. And because they're highly observant, when you use something that you didn't realize that you had in front of them at some point in time that they were observant enough to see the whatever and then both I think of you're referring people. to the TV show Psych. <laughs> no. Wait, let me tell you really quick how these uh I'm just saying like that's like they would totally write it off in like some far stretched like this is how all of these situations would have occurred. Right. Let me let me tell you really quick how some of these experiments played out. They basically took a, a group of individuals that were considered the remote viewers. They had somebody leading the session that would choose multiple locations where they would have participants go and stand. So they, they would choose like six different locations. They would take a single picture of each location and put it in an envelope. 
and then they would number the envelopes and mix them up so they didn't know which one was which. Then they would take the participants, the, the people that were volunteers to, to participate in, not the remote viewers, but the people that were going to go stand at one of these locations. Okay. They would choose an envelope at random. Only they knew which envelope they chose. They would not open the envelope until after they chose it. They would open the envelope and then go to that location. They would stand at that location for hours and hours and hours observing what was around them. Sounds boring. While the remote viewers, you think that sounds boring, <laughs> were locked in a basement in the dark with a pad of paper and a pen and they would do, uh, what do they call it, like associative writing or whatever, where they would just write the things that came to their mind. Okay. They would start drawing pictures of, you know, different things that they were seeing in their mind's eye, if you will. And hopefully they were good drawers. They weren't. None of them <laughs> apparently were good drawers at all. And they were also doing like free associative drawing. So like these these objects would just kind of start to form themselves. Some of them were extraordinarily detailed. Some of them were just kind of like shapes that would come together. It all depended on the type of remote viewer that was involved and like the way they saw the things. And well, let me just finish this before I start giving you some of the flaws to this process. But they would then figure out the overwhelming majority of the people that were on the same target, they called it. So if 70% of the people in the room were drawing similar things and had similar word associative things written down that would match, they didn't even know whether or not it would match the target, but they would match each other. They would then throw out the anomalies, the ones that did not match, and they would focus in on the ones that all looked close together. So there's multiple people in a dark room or Correct. there were different rooms? No, there were multiple people okay. all in a dark room, all doing their okay. own thing. Sometimes they wore headphones. Sometimes they closed their eyes. Sometimes they, you know, but they were all doing their own thing separately from each other. And they were all writing down whatever was coming to their minds, okay. writing things out, drawing pictures, doing whatever. Then the person that was the director of the group would analyze all of the different Take pictures, all the different everything. stuff. Okay. Some of these are like 10, 15, 20 pages long, by the way. But they'd find the ones that were the, the majority. They would throw out the ones that were off because it's not A, they might not have had a target. B, they might have had the wrong target, which will come up later. C, they just might not be skilled yet because they were training these people how to do this. These were not people that were already psychic. Why didn't they start with people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were training military personnel, so they didn't have military psychics. So they Ugh. tried to create. I was going to say, normally, like uh, when you said that they weren't like artistic and they weren't good at drawing things. And I feel like um, people who. Actually, let me rephrase that. Uh, I, I actually spoke incorrectly. They did look for artists. They did look for people that had that left or right brain or whatever Left they did brain. look for the people that are like artistic and musical and and you wouldn't know they that's what i was trying to say is you wouldn't think they were good at drawers by their drawings but they were artistic people. okay because i because i was gonna say like typically in in a person who not everybody who is connected to any kind of psychic anything is always but most of the time there is a lot of art background a lot of connection to that left side of the brain the creativity that flow that just comes naturally right and, and now here's what's crazy russell targ one of the original like founders of these groups legitimately states and has proven in his own way many times that every single person is capable of remote viewing however much like my example with skateboarding and Tony Hawk, while everybody can learn how to skateboard, not everybody can be Tony Hawk. And we can debate that all day, but that's just like, the gist is there are people that have a higher propensity to learn a certain skill and they will be better at it. 
Anybody who tries hard and practices can learn how to ride a skateboard. But if all of those things align, you run into a Tony Hawk. So there were people that were significantly better at remote viewing that they would come across that had this. So then they started studying the psychology of those people and trying to find other people that match that. But smart. It was smart how they did it, but it did always bother me. I'm like, they could have had much greater success if they started with people that already claim to have <laughs> already psychic. Already are like, okay, I can do this. Test me. Right. And, and they did actually consult with some people that were not in the military for this project. So they could have done that, but I don't know why they didn't. Other than the fact those people were capable of, in many cases, fooling people into thinking they were psychic when they were not. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, what better to validate your psychic predictions than saying that you worked for the government doing psychic predictions, which does also come up later. But here's the thing. Let me, I've been excited to say this and just waiting to get into it. So essentially what started this whole thing is the Russian psychic spy project. We were spying on them. And we decided that there was a legit cause for concern. So Major General Edmund Thompson, the Assistant Chief of Staff for Intelligence, gave the final go-ahead to create the Psychic Spy Network. So we were basically like, during the middle of the Cold War, the Russians are doing this. We're afraid that they're able to see things that they shouldn't be seeing. How do you protect yourself against it without doing it yourself? And they created the Psychic Spy Network. The pissin. The... In 1978, no, a secret high-tech what? Pissin. Psychic Spy Network? Is that what yeah. I, I was pretty excited because it's pissin. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is the part I've been trying to get to. That's why. Sorry. I, I just got excited about the acronym. It's so exciting, my love. So exciting. <laughs> so 1978, a secret high-tech Soviet plane, the Tu-22 bomber, went down in Zaire. The... DOD, Department of Defense, they were very, very interested in finding this plane. They were using satellite reconnaissance. They were using all of these different departments to try to locate this high-tech Soviet spy plane. They could not find it. They consulted a young airman named Rosary Smith, who was part of the Psychic Spy Network. She was given a map of Africa. She was told very little information other than sometime in the past, a Soviet Tu-22 bomber outfitted as a spy plane crashed somewhere in Africa. The U.S. intelligence services wanted to recover the top secret Russian codes and the equipment carried in the Tu-22. Using her remote viewing, the psychic pinpointed the wreckage, giving them actual coordinates of where the wreckage could be discovered. The I, I'm sorry, but I hope that when she pointed at the map and was like, here, I hope she was like, I left the plane down in Africa. You are ridiculous. So she <laughs> literally gives important. them the coordinates and the plane was found within a few miles of the coordinates that she gave them Ugh. after... Nuts. The DOD had come up short countless times trying to find this plane. They found the plane after consulting the Psychic Spy Network within three hours. What? Yes. Oh. Now, and this is what bothers me so much about the fact that they keep saying that there was no successful mission ever used when the Psychic Spy Network... If you look up Wikipedia right now, it's like literally in the, uh, the third paragraph, like the first sentence of the third paragraph, it was... 
never successfully used. This was so successful that President Jimmy Carter actually admitted to the U.S. media that they used a psychic spy. Ah, they did not admit what? that the psychic spy network existed, but he said without his knowledge, they consulted a psychic spy and that the psychic spy found the wreckage. This was public information. This is nuts. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> so that will be posted on our Facebook page for you guys to check out i thought that was just absolutely mind-boggling and it, that when i read that that's what made me keep reading further is i was like this is a blatant lie and i don't know who started this blatant lie that it had never been successfully used but then when i started watching videos and reading articles and and looking up information from the people that were actually involved in the project these guys are like it was actually general thompson was one of the strongest proponents of remote viewing high up in the military and he witnessed numerous successful missions his words carried out by the remote viewers and insists it is very real he can't explain it but he has no interest in explaining it he wanted to know if it was capable of being operational and is adamant that it was melvin riley in 1979 the military brought in psychic spies to determine what nuclear weapons china was developing and whether or not they were intending to test them so without having previous knowledge of like nuclear weapons they were able to determine that china was significantly more advanced than they previously thought and that they were going to soon test their nuclear missiles or whatever that china tested one of their nukes within days of this session not a single positive conclusive mission right like <laughs> these are like legit missions. so uh, the psychic spy unit was told to spy on the Soviet aircraft. This is a separate one. Sorry, I just kind of jumped right into that. But uh, the psychic spy unit was told to spy on a secret Soviet aircraft that was being developed. This one is so fun and interesting. After drawing and detailing, and by the way, I'll, I'll try to post these pictures as well. They were, I will post these pictures, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they there were. Is- do or do not try is not an option. <laughs> so they were they were drawing these different impressions that the psychic impressions that they were having of this Soviet aircraft, and all of a sudden, as they were they were doing this session and they were like passing what they had to their coordinator, the, the military. Uh, observers that were involved confiscated the drawings and they were told immediately to stop viewing this target. Oh, it turned out they missed their target. They were remote viewing the B-2 stealth bomber, which at the time was a top secret U.S. aircraft currently in development. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And I saw the drawings. They were legit, like straight up. The the B-2 bomber is a very specific shape. For those of you who don't know, again, I'll put pictures up, but it's like a triangle, but then it has like three triangles at the bottom of it, like in the middle. It's not like a full triangle. Like the bottom comes up and there's like these three little... a bunch of Vs. Yeah. So... They, they were, like, straight up drawing this, but then, like, detailing what it was capable of, like, what it looked like, all this. And they were like, done, no more. You can't psychically look at this anymore. Don't look at this. Don't look at this. So, like, I call that a success. It, it is quite literally impossible for the remote viewer to have access to that information because it was top secret U.S. information that they were accidentally remote viewing. Absolutely from, from hilarious to me. nowhere in a room that had this plane in it. Right. <laughs> Holy crap. So... Another session, Captain Paul Smith joined Stargate in 1983. His first attempt to locate his co-workers at a park was a complete, total, and utter failure. 
However, Thursday, May 15th, 1987, which I would like to point out is five years later. So I'm pretty sure some things happened between then and now, <laughs> or then and uh, then. Then and then. <laughs> that it must have had other successes along the way, but this one was considered one of his like biggest successes. He was straight on target. May 15th, 1987, the unit's commanded or the unit's command gave him longitude and longitude numbers of a location. He perceived the presence uh, so they gave him the numbers. They didn't tell him where those numbers were to. He perceived a U.S. naval ship, a missile, an explosion, confusion, and tragic loss of life were all in his writings. Okay. This was given to the intelligence community and it was dismissed saying the data was unreliable. Now, this was not because it came from a psychic spy, of which they were very skeptical, but they stated that a terrorist attack on a U.S. Navy ship was not feasible. 48 hours later, an Iraqi warplane fired a French-made, however you pronounce Exocyte missile, and hit the U.S. Navy warship, the USS Stark. 37 members of the crew were killed. Oh, shit. Another, like, well, this was not a successful mission because they chose to ignore the information that they were given. And to some extent, understandably, because they don't know, like, what to do with that information. <laughs> like, you, you, like, you give them the coordinates, they give you what they see. Like, what are we going to do? Abort whatever mission they were doing or move our planes or whatever, like, or uh, Navy ships. It, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know why they chose to have him do a session in this particular area. The people involved had concerns. And then when they were given, like, the results of the, ah, that's not possible. That's not what I wanted like, to Like, what hear. were they expecting to hear? You're going to get roses and, like, puppy dogs are going to join? It's like if you go to a psychic and they tell you, like, no. <laughs> No, 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 that's not going to go how you want. You're like, I'm not going back to that psychic. Right. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm skeptical. Highly skeptical, by the way. And, and I'll tell you, I, I'm not skeptical that psychic phenomenon exists. I've personally experienced it. And I have some stories for you guys. And you're married to a woman who always has them. Right. And like, it's hard for me to believe other people's stories. I love to hear them. And just like it's hard for other people to believe my stories, I don't share them because I expect you to be like, well, there's proof psychic activity exists. I share them because, like, they're the reason why I believe so strongly in these types of things. And despite believing in them, I don't believe in palm readers and I don't believe in tarot cards and I don't believe in a lot of that stuff, which I'm about to tell you guys about later. But it's just because I personally have not been convinced yet. I'm highly skeptical based on what I've seen. I haven't had the experience that would make me believe. So I'm, I'm very, very skeptical. If you provided me with enough information or data that would change my perspective on it, I would be willing to believe. I just don't. So uh, Joseph, Will the next one, Joseph William McMonagall had a near-death experience, an out-of-body experience, and worked for the intelligence as a radio interceptor. This was when he was recruited by the psychic unit. Uh, he tested at Stanford Research Institute for the psychic ability, and he was given, or he was able to identify five out of six employees' locations with incredible accuracy. That thing I was telling you guys about before, like how they did these tests, five out of six of the people, different locations they went to, he was able to determine where they were with phenomenal accuracy, enough That's to convince them. That's not a bad them. percentage. <laughs> it's incredibly high. Uh, by the way, all of these things were tested at significantly higher than statistical probability. The unit's first big mission was the Iran hostage crisis. The army psychics were called to find the hostages out of 350 photos thrown out on a table. They were able to positively identify 65 of the prisoners, and they also penetrated the secret Soviet building and detected a high-tech submarine known as the Typhoon. 
He also visualized where kidnapped Brigadier General Dozier was being held by the Red Brigade terrorists in Verona, Italy. Hold on. This is one person identifying? This is one person as part of this unit. Um, There were other people involved in this unit. This is like this guy's story, like his history. When you were talking about the 60... There were multiple people who were participant in that, where they were able to identify 65 people. He was part of that. He was part of it. Okay. And that his unit, the part of the unit that he was part of, also was the ones that did... uh, figured out the high-tech submarine and figured out okay i didn't know if like he alone did it or if it was him and other people um yes so from 1977 to 1995 they spent 20 million dollars and psychic spies conducted thousands of remote viewing sessions like, I can understand how it, how it, like, started because they were worried about Russia and they're like, is this going to be, like, useful? And then, like, maybe a year or two while they're trying to figure it out and then, like, no, it's not working. We're not going to keep doing this. I, I cannot imagine that it would last that long if it didn't have any clout. And, and then on top of that, these missions that they were involved with that are, like, in the released documents that have been made publicly available and we're just supposed to believe that like the whole thing was a farce. I I just, I'm not convinced it was a farce. Many of the people out there currently teaching remote viewing, many of them retired military personnel that were part of this project and are now uh, out there teaching these courses. I mean, they're charging anywhere from hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars to teach people how to do remote viewing. What I do find interesting is they're not collecting the clientele that you would originally think they're not collecting like the hippies and the the flower children out there that are like you know into rock medicine and crystal healing crystal healing healing. and all that stuff Uh, these are ceos of companies day traders and engineers these are like you're non normally into this kind of stuff people that are very attracted to these classes and they're coming back for more if they weren't successful at all and these classes, the ones that are like the military personnel, the, ex, the military, you know, people that were involved in the project, if they weren't successful, I don't think these people would keep coming back. But then on the flip side of that, I am convinced that there are tons of people out there teaching classes like this that are just doing it to make money off of people. And they're not really being truthful with this stuff. So it, it all gets kind of like watered down and you don't know what's real and what's not. And that does kind of bother me. But, but do your homework. Well, it's not as simple as just doing your homework because these guys, they, they lie. So like I watched and again, when I when I first started looking into this project or that project, the topic, I watched a whole like video on this guy that was like teaching these classes. And I was just like, no, that was total BS. Like he was just stretching any shape that was even remotely close to what could be considered part of the target. He was saying like, oh no, you're right on track, blah, blah, blah. Like, look, if you combine this and turn it sideways and like stretch it, and it, you know, had you drawn it better and made it look like that, it would actually look like that. And it, it didn't look like that at all. Right. I mean, in that sense, I'm a fucking artist. Right. But then on the flip side of that, he also wasn't doing it right to begin with because he wasn't sending people out to the locations. So they weren't like connecting to 
their actual surroundings. They were just, all they had were the pictures in the envelopes and they were trying to figure out. What was in the envelope? They chose an envelope and they're trying to figure out the picture. But like, that's not remote viewing. That's like just being psychic, which is different. Like you're not connecting to somebody. That's the part that I think has clout to it. They just, and I actually went to a few different sites that were like, we're going to teach you how to remote view. And then they would be like, pause this video, close your eyes, try to imagine what picture is coming next. And I would do it over and over and over. And it wasn't even remotely close. And I'm like, what am I supposed to be connecting to? Like, there's no person on the other end. I don't even know who the person that made the video is. Of course it's not working. Like, there's nothing about this that would make it work. And anybody who's convinced that it is working either really is just psychic or they're just convincing themselves like, hey, I drew a circle and there's a circle in the picture because the sun's in the picture and the sun's a circle. So I nailed it. I knew exactly where they (laughs) were. So then they had a skeptic come in to like discredit this teacher and he chose a picture that nobody, including the teacher, knew what it was. And he took his two best students that he held. He had the picture. They were not even in the ballpark of what they were drawing. He chose a galaxy, like a, a picture of a bunch of galaxies. Yeah. Which, again... We've never been there. No human has ever been there. Right. Unless, like, the only way that could potentially work... I mean, work, did he know what he was holding? He knew what he put in the envelope. I feel like he would have to be looking at it while they're doing the remote viewing. See, yeah, that's that's my whole thing. Is like, say, I have seen a picture in my lifetime, and then I put it in an envelope, and then you have to draw it. Right. Well, like, you've seen thousands of things today. How do I know which thing I'm linking into? That's what ah, I like. Yeah, that's that's definitely just absolute nonsense. The whole thing falls on its face. And, and so so I wanted to share with you guys like kind of a personal experience that I've had with remote viewing. And again, this is not intended in any way to be proof. You, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm not trying to convince you that because I had this experience that therefore it's uh, like on. Un- deniable it's proven it's whatever i actually encourage you guys to try to do the same thing and see what kind of experiences that you have so ellie and i had a a mutual friend christy and and before i had met my beautiful wife here hey (laughs) i was hanging out with christy pretty often and she was into a lot of this like foo-foo type stuff she was into the tarot cards she was into astrology and i'm not saying again that those things are not real or valid i just personally don't believe that like, I'm not convinced they have validity. And, and please prove me wrong. But she was into all that stuff. I was skeptical. She always tried to convince me like, no, tarot cards work or no, your astrological sign really dictates, you know, this, this, that and the other I mean, thing. You totally are a Taurus. Yeah, but I would like I've read several of them to see if I would be like, oh, yeah, no, I share these characteristics and I share these ones. I don't deny that I am bullheaded, but you could pick any astrological sign and there would be one thing in it. That if you truly like knew me and like like you do, like you truly looked at it objectively. You're not a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. You're not a Scorpio. We'll have to do this experiment because you'll have to read me the whole definition of what a Scorpio is. Like the whole thing, not just the ones that stand out to you. Oh, yeah. Read the whole thing. And I guarantee there's most likely something in there that I would be like, yeah, that's me. That's totally me. And if I was always told I was a Scorpio my whole life, then it's possible that I would start to develop some of those other characteristics and embrace them rather than try to adapt out of them like being bullheaded oh no i'm bullheaded because i'm a taurus like i don't have to change my behavioral traits and then try to you know be less bullheaded because I mean, i'm a no, taurus I, i'm a scorpio but through personal growth i no longer hold grudges and that is a 
very Scorpio trait. Raise your hand, listeners, if you hold grudges. Like, seriously, that's that's a perfect example. I used to hold grudges, too, and I, too, came like got over that that's that's literally my point is that they pick generalized things that will apply to almost anybody but we choose to focus on the ones that most resemble who we are and then we're like resemble us don't resemble me at all anymore but you said oh it nailed me before it nails almost everybody (laughs) at some point in their life i guess everybody's held a grudge right look at a kid that like has a toy taken away from him i hate you like i'm gonna hate you forever like i don't care what month he was born in eventually they outgrow that and they don't hold the grudge anymore unless they're female just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i will cut you where you sleep and i know where you sleep Back to these experiences. I just wanted to give you kind of like the preface to the whole thing. She was convincing me all these other things. I was like, nah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. She was talking. It wasn't even specifically about remote viewing, but it was about, oh, she also told me about cloudy racing, which she almost duped me into for like a minute. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. You like, have you ever done it? Yes. You close one eye and you hold your thumb up. You pick like, you start with small clouds because you can work your way up to bigger ones. Oh, weird. You pick like the really (laughs) small little puffy thing up there and you close your eye, put your thumb over it. So you're just like one thumb and like your eyes over it and you slowly erase it. And it really does erase in front of your eyes. Oh, weird. And then you can work to bigger and bigger clouds. Well, the problem is if you just look at a cloud... It will disperse. <laughs> so, like, I very quickly figured that out. And I was like, nah, we're going to, you pick the cloud. We'll look at it. We won't erase it. And I bet you it goes away in the exact same amount of time. And it did. So, sorry to any of you that might believe in cloud erasing. I'm not hey. trying to burst your bubble, but I'm very skeptical of it myself. You, you make the biggest cloud in the sky disappear in like 30 seconds and I will be blown away. I'll be like, all right, I'm wrong. Back to the point that I was trying to make. <laughs> so, we decided we were going to practice being psychic. We started out small and we kind of tried to figure out our own techniques. And mine was I'd kind of lay down on the couch and I'd actually put my fingers over my eyes to like block out the light coming through my eyelids. And I'd push in and kind of push toward my nose and shapes would start to like come into uh, focus in the middle of like. I guess like your mind's eye. I I don't know how else to describe it. But we started with something that was familiar to both of us, a deck of cards. And we just tried to figure out like first what color uh, uh, is the other person holding, which is a 50-50 guess. I mean, that's that's nothing spectacular. If you do it like 100% of the time, cool. But Hey, that's freaking phenomenal. Right. We did it well more than 50% of the time. We were able to guess the color and we were keeping track of this in a little journal. But then it got a little harder. So we went from color to suit to then was it a numbered card or was it a jack queen king or ace right once we got that like so we'd go through the list and we'd be like and by the way if we got it wrong we just started over we didn't just keep going so we wanted to see how many we could get all the way to the end and actually name the card i won't say it, like even close we were not doing it 100 percent of the time we were doing it way more often than i thought that i would be able to so we actually decided to to go away from something so familiar i was Um, gonna say at some point a skeptic would say that you guys would have tells it is possible that we had tells so the the next thing we did for me was even more impressive than it was when she did it because she had a stack of tarot card tarot cards for her this was her deck she at least knew what types of cards she owned i had literally never seen her deck of tarot cards. I had no idea what the tarot cards looked like. I wasn't even familiar with tarot cards at all. Which blows my mind because with all of your ghost hunting and interest in all things strange and um, paranormal, that 
like you had never owned a deck of tarot cards. Not even considered owning a deck of tarot cards. I have had people like do the whole tarot read thing and it like I wasn't going to a professional. I was going to people who thought they knew how to do well, it, yeah. but they didn't. But either way, a I lot was of people like, have them. And even reading how to do tarot readings, which I have done later, I, all they do is teach you how to dupe people into thinking that you're uh, reading them. Like you're, you're purposely using. Uh, there's actually a name for it, which I will post on Facebook. I can't think of it right now, but it's this type of writing that literally is designed to make people, no matter who reads it think you're writing about them they actually did a psychological test where they wrote out like entire character profiles and had like hundreds of different people read it but they convinced each one of them that they were writing it specifically for that person and they were supposed to rate on a scale of like one to a hundred how closely it matched them as a person and everybody who was tested was ranging it upwards of like 80 90 percent some of them saying like 100 percent you nailed me and then they revealed at the end of the project that every single person received the exact same paper and they all thought that there was like one uniquely written for them but they all were convinced that it was written there's a there's a term for that you guys probably some of you might know what it is some of you are okay so sometimes when i listen to my favorite podcast they're trying to think of a word or they're trying to think of a topic and I'm (laughs) yelling it at the top of my lungs and then I realize that I'm wearing my headphones and I'm walking around my work (laughs) and everybody just thinks I'm absolutely bonkers. However, I'm not. I'm talking to my friends who I listen to daily. So I know some of you are out there yelling into it, the, the, uh, the world. Please, if you get to it before I find it, put it on our Facebook so that we can know. Put it on our Facebook. Like, email us like i wish this was seriously. live because you guys could just be like <laughs> yeah, it's you this weird. Just type it in. yeah that'd be great <laughs> but anywho so i don't know even know how oh yeah so that's why i did not get into tarot cards myself but the point being i didn't know what her cards looked like i'd only seen a few over the years that i'd like been tested and blah 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 and i was very skeptical but we were going back and forth with her cards and instead of being like what suit is it what this what that i was just describing things that came to my mind and they either were or were not part of that card she was holding and looking at. And what was interesting about it is like some of the stuff that I was seeing, I didn't even want to say at first because I'm like, nah, like I don't even know where this is coming from. But I would like see a sharp instrument, like a knife or a sword or something weird. And then there was like cat of nine tails or whatever. I don't know. That's I mean, no, you're headed in the, what? Wait. <laughs> It's a sex toy. Isn't that what they beat Jesus with? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. No. Cat of Nine Tails is like a whip with all the like hooks on the end of it. And they'll like hit him in the head. Uh, Disfigured him. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. I, we'll it might check. be, but. It can I be mean, used as a sex toy, but not with the hooks I, on it. That one was very bad. But yeah. <laughs> well, not for everybody. Say, Some people might still <laughs> use that. But anywho, the point is, like, I was saying weird things. Like, I saw a river, I saw this, I saw that, I saw like that. But, like, I was nailing certain cards, almost every major characteristic about that card without ever having seen it before. And, by the way, there's, like, what, 52 cards in a deck of cards? There was, like, freaking hundreds of cards in her random deck of tarot. No, not hundreds. It's... Uh, whatever it was it was a ton of cards that i'd never seen before the point being i was able to figure out like almost every major detail on some of the cards without ever having seen them and i was really impressed with the results we were getting so 
we took it to the next level and we started randomly calling each other. Wherever the other person happened to be, they would have to close their eyes and they would have to figure out your location. So, like, I would randomly be at the gas station and I would just call her up and be like, where am I? And I would just be looking around and she would have to start saying things that I was seeing. And then she would have to start using like process of elimination. Like, I see this, I see this, I see this. Here, you're here. And we wouldn't even, by the way, tell each other if they were right or wrong about the things that they thought they were seeing. We were just like looking around and like they'd be look, uh, you know, trying to figure out what you were seeing. And they're like, are you at blah, blah, blah. One of the times she nailed that I was like, not just at the gas station, but at kick 66, which she accidentally said incorrectly because there was a Phillips 66 right by her house. And she thought that's where I was. Oh, the one that I thought I was going to die at. Yes. Yes. When somebody said they were good enough to drive me and then they went over <laughs> the freaking yes. sidewalk to drive into the parking lot. Yeah, that was not a good time. But I was at a different gas station that she did not know she was at. I was at a kick 66. Now, her, her she was guessing that I was at the gas station by her house. But what she saw was kick 66 she said kick 66 and i was like holy cow like i totally threw me for a loop that she got that right and she's like no i mean i I guessed because i figured you were on your way to my house and i was like no i'm not and i'm nowhere near your house that's a phillips 66 i'm at a kick 66 which you got correct she was like what um randomly would go to like a forest preserve you know she would be at a grocery store she would be like wherever and it you know i know you guys are probably thinking like we're picking up on sounds in the background or whatever but to actually figure out the location was truly incredible when it was happening and i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there could not be any other potential influence i can tell you we're not checking each other's gps that wasn't even a thing i was gonna say we're talking like mm, 13 years ago at this point or 13, 12. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. somewhere in there. So, yeah, we're, like we did this whole thing. It was a lot of fun. My beautiful wife here and I have been discussing doing this ourselves. So I didn't want to ruin the topic and tell her what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So the but, whole time we were talking about this, I was like, we should do this because we've been talking about doing this. We are about to do our first unprompted uh, test right now. And <laughs> you guys will get to all cutting out the silence in between. I'm going to look at a picture of a random object on my phone, and I'm going to see if she's able to figure out certain characteristics about what I'm looking at. You guys obviously will just have to take our word for it, but this is just our first attempt. We are going to practice this, and we're going to see if we can actually get better at, at doing this. So I love it. I have no idea whether or not she'll even be remotely close on this particular one. We have not practiced at all. She did not even know she was about to be doing ah, this. No, I was super excited to be like, we need to sit on the couch <laughs> and go through a deck of cards and like do this. And we're totally going to. Um, right now, I'm going to pull up a picture. Let's see. And I don't want to do something that like, well, actually, I don't want to give any clues at all. So I'm not going to give any clues. Actually, while you're looking this up, a while ago, we were talking in the car with our daughter about when you uh, picture something in your mind, do you see it or do you just know what you're seeing or, you know, what you're thinking of? And when I picture something in my mind's eye, per se, I see it and like it, it it becomes an image in my mind with my eyes closed or with my eyes open. I can I can see the image. Now with my lover and our daughter, they both just know what they're seeing. They don't actually see it. So I always wonder if this comes into play in this this particular idea. 
when I do the like remote viewing or whatever you want to call it and I see the images, I just see shapes kind of start forming into other shapes and then I kind of try to guess what shapes they're forming or like sometimes it'll be in motion and that's when I'll be like, I think it's water or something along those lines. It'll either be like a skinny line of it and I'll think it's a river or it'll be like a large body of moving image is not forming like a solid shape and then I'll be like well it's got to be some sort of water or liquid or whatever but when I try to like close my eyes and just picture a thing that I'm trying to remember I don't physically see it floating in space at all and I can't like rotate it and look at it like I've heard described to me I just know what it looks like I can't like I can tell you like I can close my eyes and be like I know what an apple looks like and I can just go off of memory and tell you like with words what I remember an apple looking like, but I cannot physically see an apple floating. Yeah, and I, I actually, like, I see it with my eyes open. In my mind, I can see, like, images. So, like, uh, but that's just when I, like, think of something. Like, somebody says a word, and then I think about it. Like, I can see that thing in my mind while you just... This is another one I want you guys to post on Facebook on our group. Facebook uh, Spirits, Oddities, Mysteries group. And I'm going to take my glasses off so she can't cheat here when I do the uh, image test here. Ooh, I should have cheated. I didn't even think about <laughs> cheating. I was the one that brought this whole like image thing <laughs> up in my cheat. mind because I, I was like trying to do it. I couldn't figure it out. So I Googled it and started looking into it. They call it uh, mind blindness or something like that. But the thing is, they don't know if it's real or if truly it is the inability to describe what it is that we're seeing in the same way that somebody else does. So we assume we're seeing it differently, but really we're all seeing it the same way. I don't know if that's I the don't case. Know, because the way that you describe like how you um, remember but like I can remember, I can see our fruit bowl right now like I can remember exactly what it looks like but I cannot see it but you might think that seeing it because you're more artistic than me but I can tell you like there are limes in it right now there are green apples in it it does not have the, like the banana holder on it right now it's got the black wire like bowl ish thing like around it I, I can I can tell you what it looks like but I cannot close my eyes and like see it and rotate it and look at the bottom of it and look at the top of it like a like on a computer monitor i don't know if that's what you're seeing like if you're like if you were to pull up a picture of it on the computer monitor and spin it around and like 3d orient it i cannot do that i probably can't 3d orient it only because i have the perspective of it in my mind of standing and looking over it and actually see but i have different. i can, I can see it from the living room i can see it from the kitchen and i can see it from above looking down on it like I but can, i can't see any of those things i can see it and actually the banana holder is on it because i got fucking pissed the other day because i was already ticked off at random crap that was going on <laughs> to add salt to the injury the banana holder fell off of it when i picked it up I picked up the whole damn thing to clean the counter underneath it. And then when I put it down, I knocked a apple on the ground. <laughs> Are you sure the banana hold is on it right yes. now? Like you put it back on it? Yes, because when I set the whole thing down, I set it down wrong. And when I picked up the apple that I was already ticked off that the apple fell, the banana holder fell over and hit me on the back of the head. <laughs> 
head. And I was so pissed off. And I put it back on there and I was just like. But anyways, I'm sorry. That's cheating. That's not a memory of seeing it. That's That's a a physical pain that like pissed me off. But no, I can see it. And um, there's oranges, apples, green apples. Like you said, there are limes in there, which are actually turning yellow at the point. There are not oranges. Yes, there are. No, there are. Did you eat the last one? I did. Yeah, <laughs> last time I looked at it, there was an orange in there. Um, but uh, yes, like I, I can see. When was the last time you looked at it? Uh, yes, Yesterday. Yeah. You haven't looked at it at all in the kitchen. You haven't like seen it in the room. I just haven't like notably looked at it the last time i looked at it there they haven't formed a new memory of it yeah Yeah, i don't know i was gonna say because i had them last night so you've seen it today and you still see the oranges so how do our memories work like do you have to actually physically plant that memory or should it just be the last time you saw it Mm. even if you weren't looking at it that is the question but i was wrong about the banana holder apparently but i still cannot see it with it i mean i know what it looks Uh, like with it on there no it's on there but my last memory of it i don't have remember it hit me in the head but anyway all right so moving on from all that and for you guys it's going to be instantly but for you i want you to close your eyes and i want you to get into whatever relaxed state you need to get into i'm going to focus solely on this image so here's what you need to do and this is actually i don't know if you have your phone or if you need a piece of paper but the trick to remote viewing of the videos that i've recently been watching and this is the weird thing about what christy and i were doing is we were following all the rules of remote viewing without actually knowing about it like knowing what the rules were Mm -hmm. do not try to guess the object that is what will ruin it completely this is i'm just telling you this so listen these are the rules all right do not try to guess the object do not try to figure out what the object is that will distract you because then you'll start seeing that object and not what's in your mind so you need to not focus on like is it a beach but rather we'll start just whatever comes to your mind don't formulate it into a final answer technically speaking your job is never to do that you just free associate everything the person directing it is generally the one that puts it all together and tries to figure out what it is based on everybody's combined remote viewing session for the sake of this do not try to guess what it is even if you think you can until you're completely done so what you need to do is pay attention to everything that comes into your mind if it's just something you can easier describe with words write down the words if it's a shape draw the shape if it's starts forming objects or whatever like draw multiple objects whatever like images start coming to your mind try to draw them out even if they don't go together yet if they come separately you can always put them together later what makes remote viewing so difficult to prove scientifically is that you're you're trying to focus your mind onto the particular object but other things are going to be coming in that are distracting and those things might not be part of it what's impressive is that the parts that are actually part of it can come together very strongly and it's like almost inarguable that you you caught on to the target but it is still hard to not argue it because what about all this other stuff that was written down why are we choosing to ignore that how do you know what's good and what's not unless you're a professional at this which there is technically no such thing <laughs> because fair enough <laughs> like that's like so i i believe that we're on to something and i believe that if we continue to research it maybe not even through military applications which i would actually prefer the government not be the ones doing this but i would love to have in a scientific way us start doing these types of things so anyway i'm gonna go ahead and i'll i'll, I'll just let this record 
so that they can kind of hear things come out, but I'll just put the silence and cut the silence out. So you guys are going to hear just like the random words that come in and not like the silence in between it. So close your eyes, start focusing at first. I'm going to look at it and I'm going to try not to get distracted by anything else. I have a few, but I don't know how relevant they could possibly you just, be. You just have to go and you just have to start doing it. It, it. I'm not expecting us to be on, although amazingly enough, the guy who like started this whole thing actually got a reporter. I don't know if I told you this one. He got a reporter to guess what was in his pocket during the interview while the guy was trying to be like super skeptical. He goes, maybe I can just show you what I'm talking about. I have an object in my pocket that is not an object that you would normally have in your pocket. Is the only, like, clue he gave him. So he didn't just, like, say car keys or whatever. He goes, I don't want you to say what's in my pocket. I want you to start, like, close your eyes, start, like, he did the whole session. And he's just drawing these pictures. He he had a magnifying, I'm going to put this picture and the story on uh, the Facebook page and the group. But he, he had this magnifying glass that was very unique. It was, like, a not just a circle. And it was partially opened. And he drew the same size, coincidentally, and the same shape of it open with like it had like the little like almost pointy handle coming off to the side. They set them next to each other. You could literally set it inside it and almost trace it. And the interviewer was just like, what? There were two witnesses that were watching the interview, like the camera guy or the recording guy or whatever, that both saw this play out and they were just like. And this guy had never remote viewed before. He was actually being skeptical of remote viewing. And it's not like he was like, I'm going to guess what's in your pocket. And, you know, maybe he saw it and, you know, whatever. Like he made that guy guess what was in his pocket and he did it. It was amazing. Huh. So anyway, uh, let's see what you got. This is written out. This is just our first little, you know, whatever. All right. So I got a uh, cone shape. What is a cone shape? Like, uh, like three dimensional cone, like a triangle, but. Cylinder? But yeah, cylinder. Okay, keep going. Um, blue and white. So you got a cone shape. Cone shape. For some reason, I thought of the word reverend and the water symbol, which is like squiggly lines, like three squiggly lines. Did you draw that? Yes. Let me see that. All right. I can't read the rest of what you wrote. In the very top says reverend. And then I don't know what the other part. What's that second thing which one the one your thumb's touching yeah so the hard thing is i don't know because when i sleep right i write in my sleep but it's in cursive and then it's very uh not legible and that's just what so when you sleep right um the hard thing is i can i close my mind or close my eyes i relax and I let the pen kind of move, and that was a word, but I could not identify what the word was, so I can't I can't actually legitimately tell you what it is because it just was what my hand wrote detached from what I consciously would think. Alrighty. That makes sense. <laughs> so I, you're combining some skill sets there. I, I will say... And while this is not, again, I didn't know how well this would go and we had no like prep time or anything and we don't even know if we're capable of doing this. I was specifically looking at one feature of this at a time as I was kind of like going around and like really trying to focus on like one feature. And the first feature that I really like focused on was the dead center, which is a oval. Now you drew more of a, a oval with a point at the top. 
But that, I was legit focusing. It looks like an oval with a point to the top to me. No, yeah, it's com- not an oval. It comes to a point. It, well, and there's also a glare it in the center of, of it. Teardrop. So oh, really quick, I'll tell you guys what it is. It is a like skull ring, but you can't see the whole ring. You only see the top of it. It is a, a not a skull. I don't know why I said skull. A claw I- holding a eyeball. In the center, and it's not a true eyeball, it, but it kind of looks like an oval By chance, pupil. I've only seen a glimpse of it. Are there talons? There are talons. Which would be my cone. Which would also potentially be the cone. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other thing, so you drew these the, the water symbol, which the colors are blue and white, and then there's a little bit of yellow in there, and that, that part that I was focusing on. But your, your squiggly lines, if you look at what makes up the actual iris, the, the iris is just a bunch of lines all coming from the outside of the circle, like it's like a marble almost, coming into the center to form the oval center. There are claw nails, like the talons, holding the marble in place, which again, I'll put a picture on the Facebook, but the the shape there could easily be one of the talons. It could also potentially be like what you were seeing of the pupil while I was looking at it in your eye, because there is a glare that cuts off the top of the pupil, making it come to a point. As for the rest, this was a very short session. Usually these are like hour-long sessions. But, I mean, here's the the cool part and the not-so-cool part of the remote viewing. These shapes, in this particular instance, let's say hypothetically you drew a square. A square would have been completely non-relevant, and they would have ignored the square. But then you draw a circle... Well, of course that's relevant because there's a circle in the dead center. That's the marble. The problem is a square is a very common shape. All right. A circle is a very common shape. An oval is a very common shape. So you start drawing these things and they purposely throw out the ones that don't fit. And then when you get on target, they call it, they start focusing on the ones that do fit. What's unique about your drawings is they do fit. None of them can be thrown out except for potentially the word reverend. (laughs) Which, ultimately, they don't usually write words like that. (laughs) They usually are writing words like flowing or the the, the things they can't draw. Like you you draw a body of water, you can't be like, draw it flowing easily unless you're a really good artist. So they draw like what they think might be the water and they're like flowing. I, you didn't, I didn't say that is one of the rules, but like that, that's just how they usually do it. And you have no experience doing this. So just drawing it, like writing a random word, reverend, who knows, maybe the ring was owned by a reverend. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, if that's not what you're thinking, then it's, right. not, no, right. it's not relevant yeah. at all. That's what I'm saying. Like, but the actual shapes, you did not draw standard shapes. You drew like the lines coming in, which I could be giving you a stretch, but I was actually looking for lines. I was purposely looking at those lines and I was like, I wonder if she's going to draw lines. And if she does, is she going to draw a bunch of them or is she just going to draw a couple? And then it's hard to tell. You drew three. You assumed it was the water symbol, but it could have been that you were just seeing lines and you're just stopped at three for whatever reason. Who knows? Again, I would not call this a win. The remote viewing guy would absolutely call it a win. He'd be like, nope, that was perfect. What are the chances you drew a talon and there's talons in it? Like, I mean, it it was just a cone shape. It was just squiggly lines all put together. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely like I would not be like... Oh, I nailed it by any chance. But I will say that if we continue to do this and we get to a point where like some of these drawings very closely resemble what's in the image. Some of these drawings that these remote viewers have done, by the way, they drew like this 
I don't even know what it was called. I forget. I'm going to post a lot of this stuff on the Facebook page. It was a very complex system with like a circle in the center and it had like tubes going off into this other big rectangle system. And it was a specific object that the lady had never seen before that is actually very detailed. It's like like a plumbing thing or like an electric thing or whatever. And she nailed it. Like you could literally look at the diagram, go back and forth and be like, wow, that's dead on. And the chances of that, like drawing the whole thing out, that's not Even just like luck. memorizing <laughs> something like that is nuts. Well, yeah. I mean, it, like if they saw the picture, then I would not be impressed. If they cheated, it's not impressive. If they did not cheat, then it's incredible. But, you know, some of these guys drew like from a top view an entire like military complex. But yeah, I mean, like some of these sessions were just absolutely incredible. I'm going to share a bunch of them. You guys will be able to check it out. I could talk about this all day long, but we are at a really, really long episode. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is getting to be quite the lengthy episode. But one thing we definitely wanted to mention before we finish this off, we wanted to thank our newest, latest Samsonite. Hey, Lisa. We thank you so much for becoming a Samsonite and a Patreon. Thank you so much. It's amazing what you are supporting is our further career into this. Thank you so much. You're amazing. We genuinely Ah. appreciate it. If anybody else is so inclined to join us on Patreon, become a Samsonite or support any of our crazy ideas for the future of this show, you can join us on patreon.com forward slash spirits, oddities, and mysteries. We are also now searchable. I was going to say, it's easier to find us now. I know we were not searchable before. Now we are. We figured out what was causing (laughs) that. And check us out on Facebook and Instagram. At Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook. Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries group. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter. Tweet at us at Spirits. With an S. Oddity. And always please follow us on whatever you're listening and oh yeah that's another thing we wanted to ask you guys if you listen to us on like google or you listen to us on apple like podcasts live and die by likes they live and die by comments they live and die by reviews like please i mean if you like our show if you enjoy it let us know and do it because that helps us so we can help you listen to more of us If you don't like us, don't slam us on any of those places. Just send us an email on how we can be better and we'll happily change for you. Just let us know. (laughs) And that email address is spiritsodditiesandmysteries at gmail.com. So send us a message if there's something that we, hey, maybe we got our facts wrong. Hey, maybe we're doing something you don't like. Just let us know there because... Hey, and if we say anything that suggestions. is unintentionally offensive to you guys, like let us know. We're not perfect people. We will always apologize if we do something that we are hurting somebody's feelings or offensive. Just let us know, and we will we will put a correction out there. Love We're it. human. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bow.